Well, I am back. Miss Creative AF, your girl Sheba on the mic. Finna get this shit hype listening to some 80s bops. Um, I'm gonna turn it down, even though y'all know I love music. This is about this is about the guest. So today we are going to be talking to somebody who was really integral and in, I don't know if I said that word right, but yes, in my movement when I was really shifting in the podcasting sphere. I am so excited to be bringing back Chris Ward Jr. The first time he came, we talked about dads need love too. And I just wanted to really put some light on that because I feel like even as it regards to like not even dads, just men in general, I feel like it's really important for them to see themselves as just human and to give themselves some softness. So that is what I wanted to do with that episode. But this time we are going to be talking about branding and storytelling and the power of storytelling in sales and marketing. And I love this topic because I see so many people out here trying to sell, but they're not selling anything because they're not selling themselves. And that's what people buy. So we are going to get into this, but first, of course, I'm going to ask some questions and we got a meme of the week. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome, Chris Ward Jr. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for ha- Listen, I, I got to take you on tour with me. You can intro, intro me any time of the week. Let's get it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I have a special set of skills in regards to introductions and, you know, just talking. It's my thing. I love it. I love it. And so thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here. And yeah, let's 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 get this thing started. Okay, well, you're absolutely welcome. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about what you have gone through or grown through since the last time we talked? Wow. So a a lot of things. Um, That's a a loaded question. Is it really? (laughs) So as you know, with the pandemic, it has forced people to be introspective and to Mm -hmm. deal with their own thoughts and actions and feelings. Um, I'm naturally creative and introspective. So that actually, it went, I think I went to like a 10 times, 20 times uh, level of, of understanding my, my inner self and having that self-awareness that's necessary to, to grow. Mm. And, you know, since then um, develop been developing tons of businesses and brands since then um, traveling, I traveled the world before travel a couple places in the world before the pandemic hit heavy. And that was a great experience. We were in the Philippines, we were in Japan, uh, was able to speak in the Philippines. That was that was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was able to also just connect with people who want to live an authentic life and that want to really help people. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, creators and coaches and, you know, solopreneurs or creativepreneurs were people who wanted that authentic lifestyle. And I found myself being drawn to them and helping and assisting and guiding them into, the, you know, their genius. And so... It led into it led to this storytelling element of building better brands for people, and it's been phenomenal. It's been so rewarding, and I, I I'm just honored, just honored to just be in this time and moment because uh, this is what you hope for as someone who's creating uh, these ideas, creating from these ideas and thoughts, and to see it become a reality, and as you like to say, manifest itself. <laughs> 
right? I'm, I'm always watching. I'm always watching you. So uh, <laughs> that is making me blush. I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Manifest your manifest those ideas that you had years ago that you wrote down that are now a reality and, you, and it's now your truth. And so that's that's really what's been happening since the last time we connected. Yes. Um, and, you know, you're going to TED Talk. I, I'm going to say that for the rest of my life, <laughs> like until I see it. I'm going to continue to plant that seed every possible place I can because your energy and like there's a it's a calming energy, but it's like the truth when it, it's like a, a wave of warm honesty and transparency and people just need that in their lives. So I just my prayer is how many people you reach is all of them, to be honest. Uh -huh. <laughs> I am honored by that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You'll, you'll help me with my TED Talk. So, we'll, Oh, we'll for sure. I'll be right there. I'll be like, okay, now if you say this, they'll feel like this. Boom. <laughs> and that'll be it. Because that's what I love to do. I love to look for, not necessarily look for, but I really pay attention to what makes people feel. So I'm like, if we want to bring them something, how do we want them to feel in it? You know? Sure. So like when it comes to storytelling, how do you tell the story? in order to arrive at the destination of, I want the audience to feel like X, Y, Z, you know? It's, it's an interesting insight into that because a lot of times you, we're traditionally taught that storytelling is all about teaching the lesson that you want people to learn. But what I found out uh, during my years is that people really remember the lessons that they teach themselves and the mm. stories that they hear. Yes. That's so important. It's so important. I think that's why I use those little parables all the time or just like little quips, because if you can see it like, oh, I do that. I use a shovel. You'll be like, man, that makes sense to me. So like, let me ask you, what do you mm -hmm. think is the most important thing you've ever learned? I think that's a heavy question too, but I like to ask it. But I, I can answer it. Um, and I'll answer it in this way. I believe our greatest pain becomes our strongest motivation. So behind every why, there's a story with the gift discovered. Mm. And that is the greatest lesson, lesson that I've learned, the greatest insight that I've learned, that when I tap into my story, the pain doesn't have to sit there and be a blockage or a wall from where I want to go. It can actually be one of the foundational motivational pieces that actually gets me to going beyond my why. Because if you think about it, right, it's very easy for us to talk about our why. Mm -hmm. And I know for most people, it's like, wow, find your why, find your why. And, you know, Simon Sinek did a great job introducing people to what the why was all about. And I think that's very important. But I still believe it's surface level. What did he say? Well, his whole focus was on, it's not just what you do is why you do it. People really believe in that. Like when they really connect to why you're doing what you're doing, right? Apple created its own, its entire structure and base around why you do it, why they do what they do, right? Um, so we don't know if they're a phone company. We don't know if they're a technology company. We don't, we just know why they do what they do. Yeah. And so people buy into that. I still think that's surface level. And mm -hmm. the reason why is if I, if I look up to someone, I could easily take on their why and make it my own. Oh, and make it your own. And then where's the authenticity? Exactly. Exactly. And I think right now we're in a world where there's so many coaches, so many business owners, so many creatives 
that are uh, imitating their heroes. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think you need that. That's part of growth. You know, imitating allows you to, to practice. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you only stick to what their why is and you make it your own, you actually leave out the, the key to open the door to your own story where your yeah. gift will be discovered. Yes. And, you know, I spoke to Yane Kemp, another coach last night, trying, mm-hmm. trying to bring all the coaches through here if I can. Awesome. Um, but he asked me, you know, he's a creative higher self imagineering coach. And he asked me, you know, because we talked about Sheba and Miss Creative and how I arrived here at this place, because, you know, people call me Michelle because that's what my parents named me. And, you know, I just kind of shared with him how I created that persona and then grew into it. And he was like, well, who, who is that based on? And it's not based on anybody. Mm. You know, it's based on me, who I really knew I was versus somebody I saw and was like, oh, I want to have an Afro and I want to wear this necklace every day and I want to dance. No, that was me. You know, so I think it's really important for you to spend that time in those spaces where you're like just with yourself. You know, like, and it's okay to be inspired by others and it's all right to like, you know, read as many books as possible. But when you are really searching for your truth, that is a you and you experience. Look how authentic that was for you to just share. So easy, so simple. You know, that's where, that's where people don't realize that your genius is actually in the work that you do in yourself, right? The more you pull out from your story, the more authenticity because there's going to be a lot of people who try to imitate what you do when it's successful, but they can't duplicate it. Yeah. Right. You can't be duplicated. So like you are one of one. Yeah. You are. No, I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about you. You are actually one of one platform you have right now, what you're doing. Uh, it may seem like other people uh, do something similar, but the, your approach to it, your authenticity, and then your communication style is allowing for you to show up every day as the best version of yourself, but also allowing when you're not the best version of yourself, allowing yourself to continue to show up and say, I'm not perfect. And this is what it looks like not to be perfect. And I think that's yeah. really Yeah. I mean, and I had to really come to terms with that. And like some days I still don't show up because I'm like, I'm tired, but I'm human. I'm allowed that, you know, but when I come back, I'll be like, man, yesterday was tough. And I share <laughs> why, you know, like, I talk about real life stuff because, because it's your real life. You know, like people are like, I want to, I want to be the top coach mm. and they feel like they need to, to show up and lie about how successful they are every day. Some days you are, you are in the pit, but you are speaking to others who are also some days in the pit. So how are you going to teach them how to get out of it? If you never talk about how you get out of it? They'll never feel like you're, you are talking to them if you never share that truth and that honesty and you can't feel shame for it. Like that's part of humanity. The beauty of this whole thing is I am human. Here are my human aspects. They match yours. Let me help you to manage them. You know, I love it. And and you don't hide from it. And so a question I have for you is, you know, when you, when you started to live and become who you could see in the mirror, right? Who you believe for you to be, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of, how did, what type of freedom did that give you? Um, what well, did it was it a process like? for sure, because it's, there's layers to it, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. Like, okay, I peeled this off. Now I can do this freely. 
Okay, I'll peel this off. Now I can do this freely. So it takes some time to be able to really encompass the whole of the freedom because there's so many different layers to it. So many different little traumas and voices that are popping up to you saying, no, don't do that. Because if you do that, people will call you weirdo. Mm. You know, and that's the number one thing. It's like the most important thing is the way you talk to yourself. Because I have to be, and we had a conversation about this this morning on Clubhouse. I don't know if you're on Clubhouse, but it's a cool little place to be. But we had a conversation this morning about mirror work. So that's been really important to me because I go to my mirror and I encourage myself to be as brave as possible every day, you know, and I don't need it as much as I did in the beginning now, but I still check in with myself, you know? So it's like when I was wanting to be this authentic person, I had to stop telling myself the story of you can't do it. People will judge you. What will your mother say? What will this person say? Will you still be able to find a man who is interested in Mm. you if you are big Afro queen tarot cards? But like, I couldn't worry about that, you know, because the most important thing is that I feel good in my body because I have to live in it. That's all facts. I mean, if you think about what you're saying right now, it's it's you challenging all of what the rules were as you were going through your stages of of shifting right the more you address some of the rules that don't serve you today uh, the more freedom you have to receive more mm-hmm. and um, just as much as you give you want to be able to have a source of where you receive you know uh, for some people it's the universe for some people it's god for some people it's uh, their mom or dad you just have to clear you have to be clear with who where that source of right. source is coming from and with that It'll allow you to have that balance. Um, and sometimes that balance is not 50-50. Sometimes that balance is 40-60 for the time mm-hmm. that you're in. And then there's other times where the balance is, you know, uh, 80-20. Mm-hmm. And you're looking and you're like, you're you're losing your mind. You feel like you're losing your mind, but mm-hmm. um, like in anything, there's a season. Yeah. Right? There's a season where you have to go through some of the rough patches of your life so that it prepares you to appreciate when you're re- when you're ready to receive. And that's that's the beauty of uh, what you're sharing right now. Oh, yeah. I thank you for that channeled message received. Also, I feel like people discount those dark moments when they are in their chaos or whatever. But like when we look at this universe, no matter who your higher power is that you go to, like you say, you know, if you refer to that story, there was darkness first. So we're creating, you know, like mm-hmm. I have the opportunity every time I go into 8020 to create something new and beautiful. Like this genius that we're carrying with us does not operate in ha ha ha, I'm so joyful all the time. Like what would I create if I never had any anything to be miserable about? Or what would yeah. I create for myself if I never had any times when I didn't feel like I wasn't in joy? Like I, you're creating so that you can have a new space of joy you know that's special and what you're in what you're doing right now you're actually creating the pages to each chapter of your story right yeah like the most boring books are the books that kind of stay the same the energy stays the same from begin to end uh but the books that you remember the most just like mm-hmm. in sales and marketing the books you remember the most are the ones that had a certain whoa where did that come from right or, how are they going to get out of this? Because I, I don't know how to get out of this. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what happens next. Because yeah. now I'm resonating or I'm connecting with whatever the material is that I'm reading or receiving at that moment. And, and that's important as not only as a, as a human being, right, as a human being in this world, 
But if you have something that is a goal or a vision of yours, you have to un- you have to be very intentional with some of those pages that you are going to be creating in your story because um, sometimes you can you, there's a like like in school where they where they can say uh, they foreshadow what's going to happen soon. It can happen in your life as well. There's a lot of foreshadowing that happens based on your decision making when it comes to the pages of your story. Yeah, and and you have to be paying attention to and being intentional to notice the foreshadowing for sure. You know, otherwise it's just like, okay, we're just out here somersaulting. But like, (laughs) if you pay attention, you'll be like, maybe that isn't the way, you know, like listening to that internal guidance is the only way that I can operate now because it's so much easier than just doing stuff. Like I don't have those awful backlashes because I paid attention Definitely. To the instructions, like they're there for you. It's Use so it. much easier to like, exactly like, okay, maybe I have to meditate. Maybe I'm in here dancing and vibrating and paying attention to what my body is saying to me, sure. but my life is not a reckless mess either. And I feel really good and I'm helping others. Like that is the most important thing is that all the work that I did to help myself helps other people. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. Thank you for even having me here. I'm excited. I'm excited. These questions are great. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. I'm ready. Okay. So, uh, what do you think the hardest part is of telling telling a story or storytelling? I was going to say telling story. <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> it is uh, taking the control and the emotion out of it. Mm. A lot of times. We are not prepared to tell the story because we haven't got past the emotion part of it. Um, so, like, there's a story that I tell about, you know, uh, a specific um, relationship thing that happens. And a lot of the feelings that I had because of a relationship that I went through and the rough part of it, that story captured it. So every time I read the story, it would really take me back to that time and really dig through those emotions mm-hmm. eventually I, I told the story so much that it didn't it didn't take me to that place anymore it took me to a, a place of gratitude right yeah and because i had gratitude now that i went through that experience i was grateful that i went through that experience now when i share the story i don't share it for them for people to learn the lesson that i learned i share it now for them to come to their own conclusion of where they are in the story right because you're somewhere in it you're somewhere in it somewhere in it exactly exactly. man that is so profound like yes i love it i love it here chris (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad you're here i'm glad i'm here so (laughs) me too because i mean and i was so suicidal Mm. but i wasn't the the type of suicidal that was like i'm i'm really in here like with some pills like i just was living in a way that was like so full of self-sabotage and i was just in this spiral and loop of self-hatred so i was like i hope i do die kind of suicidal mm. if that makes sense you know mm. that makes, that makes it makes sense i just enjoy it now like and my life is not perfect by anyone's standards i'm sure you know some people will probably still show up some some days in my life and be like the fuck get me out of here yeah but i know this is my experience and i had to come to a way that i could enjoy it because i have to live it you know that's an important piece of it right you have to live it so that's why it's important to know that dealing with the emotion part of telling the story which is the hardest part as well as 
getting out of your own way and trying to teach people a lesson mm -hmm. because everyone's a natural storyteller. They, they may not know this, but they've been around storytelling all their entire life. Like from the day that they're born and their parents are speaking to them, they're speaking the story of how mm -hmm. long I could not wait for you to get here. Right. Mm. That's, that's already a story. You're a mom. You know how, you know, Yes. you couldn't wait to just speak to them. That's already I couldn't wait to stop being pregnant, <laughs> which is a story in itself. Right. Yes. Right. So with that being said, we're naturally inclined to hear stories, to connect to stories, um, whether, you know, bedtime stories in school, first time you hear your mother's voice, your father's voice, we're, we're connected to that. Mm -hmm. The issue is it's when we get older, we seal off or we cover the imagination. Mm hmm. Right. And the imagination is where the story allows you to go and think, what if? Yeah. Right. You know, one, what I learned from um, Pixar. And I know it sounds funny, right? With Pixar. right? No, I never worked for Pixar, but <laughs> I studied studied the way that they tell stories. And one of their key aspects is saying the word, the phrase, what if? Um, and it's such a powerful, powerful. Like, I did it just the other day and I said, what if my mom never left? Yeah. What will my story look like then? Mm -hmm. What will her story? So you start to think about, again, taking away the emotion and the control part of I need to teach them a lesson and just allowing the, the freedom of imagination to, to do what it's supposed to do, which is push beyond the walls. Yeah. Right. And so if we allow ourselves and, and, and there is, is a simple way, there's a simple way. I'm not saying it's easy, but there's a simple way to approach it. And if you're willing to put in the work, it'll, it'll reward you. So I've done over now probably 300 to 400 videos that I've never released. Okay. I love a good secret private video diary. <laughs> All day. Yes. All day. It's so good. It's so good. 300 to 400 videos. Um, I including, uh, including voice notes. Now I just, you know, I speak to myself how I was feeling that day, that reflection mm -hmm. period voice notes, and then pictures that actually capture the emotion, the feeling that I'm having right now. Mm. And then I put it in a library that's just for me. Oh my uh, God. I love that. You know, me. I thought about taking my morning vibe. There's 184 videos in there and I think I'm going to use it actually for upcoming content here. So I don't have to keep trying to produce, but I thought about taking that and this one maybe was even last year and doing a voiceover on it and being like this girl right here, because I know I was somebody different as I recorded those mm. videos, you know? Mm. And I've gone through so much to grow through since then. I'm like, I really need to just repurpose this and and laugh at myself a little bit too. Because I mean, I would be crying. <laughs> I would be crying. Right. And like, I still allow myself to feel those emotions. But it was just like, girl, it's just not that bad, honey. <laughs> you go know, eat a sandwich, you'd be go, all right. Go get you something to eat. Like, <laughs> it's not, it's not that heavy. And I was, I don't know if you remember in June, I was doing that 30 day uh, challenge where I was challenging myself to go on Instagram live every day. Cause I was not confident and comfortable there. And one of the days I ended up telling the story of how I left the house. I think this was it when my dad passed away and I was just sobbing on the Instagram live. Now, even though a lot of people would be like, Oh my God, she's crying on there. That was what I needed to put me in a different sphere there. Like, sure. I don't give a damn. I can say whatever I want here. I was crying on this shit last month. For sure. You know? 
And like people don't realize that it's those little bitty actions that change so much for you. Like it's little small hurdles. Like this is a huge deal. Oh, I can never do it. Just do it. Just try Definitely. it one time. Definitely. Yeah. You, you had a, a moment and experience of healing. Absolutely. Right? My whole why, life is about that. <laughs> crying and healing. You know, storytelling is amazing because guess what? You may have been crying on there and some people may have been looking at you. And I guess, guess what? Somebody was watching that you don't know about was also crying, mm -hmm. not knowing that they were, they thought they were alone. Oh yeah. Now, I have several have... people mention it to me, how, yeah. how healing it is for me to cry on camera for them. Look at that. Right? <laughs> oh, that authenticity created and developed uh, a connection. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, storytelling is creating an emotional connection to your audience based around your thoughts, actions, services, brand, business, whatever it is. It's creating an emotional deposit into their thoughts, their heart, their soul. And the quicker you get to your storytelling side, your storytelling elements, the quicker this thing becomes a little bit easier for you to approach because now you don't got to think about think about it anymore. You're just naturally being yourself, mm -hmm. but you're also allowing your audience to naturally be themselves. Right. Because that's the one, one um, I would say, insight that really changed my approach to storytelling. It was like, I don't have to give them the answer. Yeah. I don't have to give them the answer. Right. I just have to give them the permission, which sometimes people want, the permission to say yes to themselves. Mm. Yeah. And, it, and if I if they feel like Chris gave me an opportunity for me to be the most authentic me, he is he now becomes valuable in my life, and whatever he has to offer, I'm now paying attention to, mm -hmm. because this whatever he just gave to me was freely given. I'm willing to now pay for something else because I want to go deeper or. Mm -hmm. I want to do what he does. Yeah. And if he does it so naturally, okay, I got to work with him. And that's right. usually how I get my clients. Like this, rarely will you see me go out there and say, ah, hundred, we got, we have a 75% off whatever deal. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Cause there is time and seasons for that. Right. Um, but usually my clients are my ideal audience because mm -hmm. They've heard one of my stories. They've connected with it in a certain way. And now they're intrigued and curious of how they can tell stories themselves so that they can just be them. They can just be. Exactly. I'm doing. Exactly. And I'll tell you too, like, and I guess we're skipping this meme. It's fine. I don't care. But oh, I just, it still, yeah, we, if you want okay, to. Okay, well, let me say this and, and then we can go into that and then we can talk about this some more because <laughs> this is really important. But I feel like, and I don't feel like if this is actual real in my life, each one of my clients has seen themselves in me because I told the truth about where I was or where I am right now, mm. you know, and a lot of people feel like, well, you're the coach. So how are you, how are you talking about what you're still growing through? Because I have a body. <laughs> I mean, that's the base of it. Like there's no possible way for me to be all the way without any issue. If I was, I wouldn't even be here. I would be dead already. Sure. You know, so stop trying to show up like that because that's not real. Like, and we don't believe you. Yeah. You need more people. And those people who sell that are the ones who end up running off of people's money. And they're like, I didn't get what I paid for. Yeah, because you you saw a false advertisement. 
you saw somebody presenting themselves as perfectly wholly healed, but yet in the middle of your program, this bitch had to take three weeks off because she couldn't get her life together. And she didn't want to tell you that. So she couldn't finish your work. Perfection is a hell of a drug. It really is. And, And that was a poison for me because I was like, oh my God, I'm not perfect. And people are gonna know, girl, you have a body once again. There is no possible way for you to be perfect. But that came from that conditioning that I had just been so programmed to believe. Like I had my mom on this really weird pedestal and thought she was perfect my whole life. And like my mother is so far from perfect. She's human, first of all. She's really amazing. I love her. But I really had her on this pedestal of perfection. And so because I knew I wasn't, I never felt good enough. Sure. Because I thought she was. But she also didn't tell me her story until I was a grown adult woman. And after that point, the record was already playing. So I kept it on the record player until I went and took it off. Look at that image right there. That, that's amazing. I, I literally visualize you taking a record off the record player. And in the middle is a picture of the young you. Mm-hmm. And like you putting on a new record with with the more mature, yeah, uh, sure, uh, sure you, and that that's that's phenomenal. Great, that's you just told a story right there in about ten seconds. I love that good imagery because it doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. If you just give them a little bit of a picture, they're like, okay, I totally get that. For sure, like that makes complete and total sense. But then they still are like, well, how do I do it? That's why you need the teacher, unfortunately, because yeah. it's not going to be necessarily the same for you. So you have to really figure out how it works for you. Like you can't just watch me, honey. Sometimes you don't have to ask for help the right way. Come on now. Come (laughs) on now. Listen, get behind that, get get off that phone. Or if you're on the phone, press send. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people have this, I think for a lot of my clients, and this is because, I mean, really our clients are our former selves. It's, it's the money blocks. It's the being afraid mm-hmm. to spend and invest in yourself and then having this sure. fear that that money doesn't come back and living in a supreme and total state of lack and making money God and putting on a pedestal and, and oh, if I spend my money right here, this is the last, this is not the last money that was ever created. You know, money, they make money somewhere. For they sure. create this money that All you think is never going to show too. up again. Yes. There's mm-hmm. a corn sh- coin shortage. Yeah. But what's out here is out here. You know, like, but it flows, but you have to put yourself in the vibration of expectancy too. Sure. That desperation is going to keep it far away from, if I was money, I wouldn't want to be where it didn't feel good. I go speak to them. <laughs> I mean, that's speak what I tell them. people. They're like, well, I don't know. I can, do you feel good? How do you yeah. feel? Cause if I was money and you know how money feels to you, would I be over there with you? I wouldn't. That that's huge. That's huge what you're talking about because it, you're you're talking about energy that flows and goes, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the big questions that I ask people when they say, "Well, how do you know when you're when you're in business? Like, how do you know what service to to, to share or sell or to give?" And the number one question I ask, I, we did this what we did this with my wife, um, and right now she's flourishing. Like, and I mean flourishing. To the point, I just I just left there, and uh, they're expanding, which mm. is that's uncommon, right? In the time that we're in, that people right. are expansion, right? So, one of the things I asked was, 
what type of client or what type of audience gives you energy? She looked at me like, what? I said, yeah, I know you're always told, you know, um, what type of clients are attracted to you because of your energy. No, what, what client gives you energy when you do what you do? And she broke, broke this whole thing down. And, And what's funny is that the thing that everyone was telling her to do that the industry told her to do, which makes the good money was the one thing that drained her energy. Mm-hmm. Right. When she decided to find really what type of audience gives her energy and what type of service they expect, they, they ask for, she got excited to the point that in four years, she was able to build her business to, to where those people who were talking about what she should do, some of them are closed down and mm. we never want to see a business owner closed down because we need everybody. Right. Like that's one thing, right? I'm, we're never in competition with people. Mm-hmm. We're in the same. That's industry. why I'm running all the coaches through here. Like right? I'm not the only coach. <laughs> like, we're, we're not in competition. That's the one thing I told her. I said, when you find out when, with, who your ideal audience is and who gives you energy and the service that they require to have from you, you actually don't compete with anyone else because no one else is you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she's flourishing right now. So what this, why is that important? When you tell your stories, if you sound like everyone else, the person with the bigger budget is going to beat you. Yeah. But when you understand who gives you energy and you tell the stories that connect with them. Yeah. Now you're attracting because mm-hmm. you're aligned. Exactly. You're aligned with them. And if you know anything like, come on, let's, let's talk about relationships, right? You know, anything when... The first thing someone has to see is, are they attracted to you, right? They don't know nothing about your money. They don't know nothing about your, you know, the car you drive. Let's just say you're walking. Yeah, yeah, walking in the store. Are they, are we attracted to each other? Is there a certain energy that I'm getting from you? Boom. Then it moves to the next stage. What you about? What you really about? Okay. And you can hear it in conversation. Yeah. After that goes, then you take a risk into the unknown by going on that date. But you're relying on the cues that you receive from the attraction and the, and the conversation that happened. That's the first story you're telling yourself to give yourself permission to say yes, to go on that date. Same concept when you're selling, using stories to, in sales and marketing. Right. When I want to talk to my ideal audience, I create stories or use stories that allow them to say yes to themselves and ask, one, how the hell did he just do that to my mind? Because I don't know mm-hmm. what he just did, but I want more of it. Right. <laughs> right. I want more of that. Or, wow, he just told a simple story and was able to get use my voice and get exactly what I wanted in three minutes or less. I want that. I know yeah. I'm capable of doing that. And so that's that's the biggest the biggest opportunity for people as storytellers is that you don't actually have to be a marketer. You don't even have to be a great salesperson. You just have to understand the energy of the person that you help the most, that you love helping, that gives you energy, and then the stories you should share with them so that they see you as a valuable asset, but most importantly, a guide. Mm-hmm. that will get them from point A to point B. Right. Like, I don't yet have a million dollars, but I can still tell you how to get more money. Yeah. You know, 
And I'm good with that because, and I always tell people this, there's still somebody behind you always, you know? So just because you're not the girl that you're stalking on Instagram, doesn't mean that there's not somebody stalking you too. Yeah, they stalking. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, also put yourself on the pedestal that you have this other lady on. See yourself as successful right now. Because you have to be able to see yourself as successful on every step of the journey. Otherwise, you'll be like, I'll be successful one day. Like, consider the vibration of not feeling successful. Like, you feel miserable. Does that feel like money? No. So, you know, like, you have to put yourself in the vibration of I am successful right where I am right now. And then you just tell your truth as it is in this moment. Like, I'm not telling the story yet of how I became a millionaire because I'm on my way to it. So I'm telling y'all the story of how I left my job, how I stopped living in depression and changed my whole entire life because I did. That's the story I can tell right now. I don't have to wait until my son is playing in the NBA to say, we manifested this. We wrote it down several years ago. It's coming. For sure. So right. it's like, but you have to be able to accept, acknowledge, and be able to tell the truth on every step of the way and not feel shame for not being where you're going yet. You're not supposed to be there yet. Some people want to get, some people actually will join you just because you haven't gone there yet and they're mm-hmm. excited to see you get there. Hell yeah. Right. So I love that. I love these questions. Yes, I think I, work. I think I have one more. Did we already talk about imposter syndrome? I want to know we how have your thoughts about how imposter syndrome plays into people being uh, stuck mm-hmm. in storytelling or sales and marketing. Because I feel like this is a big one, to be honest. Sure. Wow, imposter syndrome. So I have to say, I have to say this: that about a couple of years ago, I'm doing a podcast, and the name of the episode is "You're a Fraud." <laughs> And okay. it's like, it's uh, the Breakthrough Mentor Podcast. And this episode is what, is what was heard in, a couple, in over 16 countries. And one of those countries, uh, it was being studied at a, uh, at a college class, which I thought was like, like who's Phenomenal. this guy from New Jersey just chilling, talking about your fraud, his imposter syndrome, and it's being studied now. And, uh, and it allowed me to pretty much get booked to go to the Philippines to speak. And so imposter syndrome is something that I didn't realize I was dealing with for, for years, right? Uh, you, you talk about self-sabotage or you talk about devaluing what you have in front of you. And so I started to look into, well, what were the, what was, what's the real root of imposter syndrome, Right. And it's fact versus facts versus opinion. Mm-hmm. The stories I was telling myself was feeding my imposter syndrome. It was telling me that regardless of what success I had in my life, it wasn't good enough. You didn't deserve it. Or, yeah, you got it, but because someone else helped you, you're not qualified to even talk about this. You're not qualified because you don't have the look, you don't have the sound, you don't have the lifestyle. Uh, whatever experience you went through, whatever pain you went through. Yeah. You don't really deserve this. Mm. And, you know, Maya Angelou, who also 
had imposter syndrome, which I didn't know hmm. uh, back then. Um, part of her showing up was fighting that, fighting her imposter syndrome to let her know that she was good enough. And if you know anything about her story, you know some of the pain that she went through that would probably influence and feed into her imposter syndrome. Um, Albert Einstein, another person, imposter syndrome. Tom Hanks, another person. A lot of actors really have imposter syndrome. And that's probably why they play different characters so well. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've learned is that I always have to balance my opinions with, with the facts. If I say I'm not valuable enough to speak on a certain topic, I go back into my story and I say, well, where are the areas that I did speak about it? And what were the results from it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I sold a $75,000 program before. Who told? Why did I keep telling myself I'm not a good salesperson? Or why did I keep telling myself I can't make money? I've made over... Five ten million dollars for my for my previous employer. Who says I can't make money, right? Mm-hmm. And you go through all these things because you have to test it. And so, here is what you can do. I want to give you something that's very practical. Okay. So, um, when I was growing up, my mom was a single mom, uh, amazing woman. Uh, she's uh, resting in heaven now with the Lord, and to protect us. If we went through any emotional, physical, spiritual pain, we would only share it with each other, my brother and my mom. And the reason why is because that's how we could protect each other's blind spots, mm. right? People couldn't use that against us to divide us. So the more we talked about it just with each other, we knew something that they didn't know. So when people talked out of pocket, we knew how to maneuver and navigate. Very important. My mom passes away in 2016. I'm married. I got kids now. I'm going through emotional pain, spiritual pain, physical pain. Who do I talk to? Mm. I couldn't talk to the very person who created the rule in the first place. Ah, oh, okay. So now my imposter syndrome takes that as an opportunity to say, see, you weren't a good enough son. Oh, you weren't, a, you're not even a good enough husband. Look what you look, look, see, you can't even all every seed of doubt that imposter syndrome does to, to devalue who you are was up 15 times, 20 times. It was crazy to the point where I was breaking down, literally breaking down. And then I had to remember that the first level to breaking imposter syndrome is self-awareness. Mm. So I had to know what my emotional triggers were and I had to know what my rules were. So I went through my rules and I said, well, who do I talk to when I'm going to? I said, my mom. I said, well, I, it doesn't serve me today. I can't. She's physically not here. Like, how do I how do I get past this? And, and the term goes, you have to create new rules. Mm. What are the new rules? So I started creating new rules so it could challenge the old rules. Yeah. Again, facts versus opinion. My opinion of I only needed my mom to speak to was based on a rule that was based on the time that I'm not in anymore. Mm-hmm. Doesn't serve me. So I needed to create something that was factual. Hey, what's the factual thing? What's, what am I going through right now? That's facts. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I, I, I don't have anyone to speak to or I feel I don't have anyone to speak to. What are the true facts? I do have options to speak to people. I just haven't created the rule to allow myself to do it. And the day that I created 
the rules was the day that I created a new page in my story. Mm -hmm. And that's why storytelling is so important to imposter syndrome. Because the author can always change the story. I love that. I love that. And I will just say that your mother, you can still talk to her in, in her spiritual space. But spiritual. I think it's very good that you change that role because that's very restrictive. And, and I feel like I know why she did that, of course, being a mother. Uh, but we don't really we don't really pay attention to the thing. I've been so cognizant and I've been paying attention to everything I say to my children lately. And I'm like, did I just create something in that child? Or did I, oh, you know, and I'm catching myself and I'm like, Shit, I shouldn't have said it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know, you, you just speak, but you're like, you never know what seeds you're planting in these people and they're going to be carrying them and growing them for decades beyond me. And won't be able to find it without help unless I teach them how to find them. So that's what I've been trying to do. Like, okay, so we need to uproot this before it takes a root. And they look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, it's very important. You know, I remember that. Yeah, it's very important. Like, I, cause I know that I was just out here living like the best I could because I was very sick, to be honest. Yeah. I really was. Yeah. And everything that I did in my house and how I operated with my kids was poisonous but i was carrying the dna from people before me you know it was my duty and my privilege to change it but now i feel like i do so much reworking and and attempting to to adjust the wave in them because i just was giving it to them without even being cognizant of how it was just going into them those poor kids but i'm not gonna say poor kids because they they are living they're amazing because they you're you're an amazing mom <laughs> Thank you. They're yeah. living. But, you know, I'm doing my best to just be like, I know, I know we were doing something different. We're doing this now, you know. Well, look at that, right? And I'm going to show you how simple it is to transfer what you, your personal experience into your sales and marketing for storytelling. Okay. So you realize that there was a seed that was planted that wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Some of those, the seeds that were planted probably had some names to those seeds, right? So what you do is you now take the name of those seeds that you've experienced sharing with your kids. And now you put it in a place for a mom who wants to create a new lifestyle for herself mm. and her business. So now you speak about the story of planting seeds. And though it may not be specifically about your kids, she's going to relate to that. And she's going to be like, we connect. I don't know what's going on, but she's speaking my language. Yeah. And in doing so, you now have built a bridge and an emotional connection through your story because you took something that was a personal experience because you, you have to remember storytelling at the end of the day, you want to bring the human element back into your brand. You want to bring the human element back into servicing other people. Mm -hmm. If it's transactional, people will feel that and you'll, and the expectation of what they want from you, you'll never meet. Right. right? You'll never meet that. But when it's relational, when it's a good relationship, you make room. Mm-hmm. Right. You make room. So there's been plenty of times my Build Better Brands community, I'll let, the, you know, they see my son pop up. He'll say something crazy on, on the stream. And I'll look at them like, all right, how many of y'all have had a customer like that? That just says something super crazy and just left field. And they start laughing. They're like, yeah, I was like very much like kids. Kids speak what's on their mind. And if you want, if that's something that you're that you want for your business, 
then you have to be able to also take it when it does happen. Mm-hmm. How prepared are you? So they looked at me and they're like, Chris, you always got something prepared, even if something happens. I was like, yeah, because my lifestyle, my entire life has always been about adapting. Yeah. It's never been about excuses. I didn't have the chance. I didn't have the opportunity to have to, to buy into excuses because if I made a bad choice in my younger years, that was my last choice. So I've learned to adapt and that has created a way of never seeing that you're failing or never seeing that you're, you're messing up, but that you're growing. And that is what's been the balance to my imposter syndrome. Yeah. I lean on my uh, personal experience of adapting and overcoming. And every time imposter syndrome tries to creep its way up, the stories from those times say, nah, yeah, that's, that's, that's opinions that are not true. These are the facts. Like my man's made it through some things that you can't speak on. And if you out of place, you need to sit back down. Yeah. Right. And so that's how you would even take any personal experience and know how it connects to your business and your, cause at the end of the day, if you created the business, you created your coaching practice, whatever it may be, it is rooted in some of the pain and some of the motivations of who you are as a person. And the, and the easier, the, the quicker you bring that in, the easier it is for people to say yes to themselves and want to work with you. Absolutely. I love that. And, you know, I think one thing that I say to people is nobody can weigh you like, only you know how much you weigh. So if you come out here and you tell me you weigh 165 pounds and you tell me the 165 pound story and you know you weigh 165 pounds, well, here I come. I've never seen your scale mm. telling you you weigh 145. Why do you believe me? Mm. What is that about? You know, why is my word worth more than your truth? You know, yeah. just like you're saying, like, come on now, guys. <laughs> Come on now, guys, you know, and people will try to invalidate you most of the time when they aren't ready to tell their story and they want you to sit down until they get ready and they probably never going to get prepared. For sure. (laughs) So you just need to to do it. You know, nobody can weigh you, but you only, I know all the things me and the source creator and this unseen energy. We know even people who have been in my space still don't know the things that I was going through and experiencing when I was by myself alone. So only I can weigh me. Nobody sure. else can tell me how much I weigh. And that is really how I operate and get over imposter syndrome. Cause I know I did this work. So even if you tell me, I don't like the way you said that because it doesn't sound like what my teacher taught me. Like, well, I taught myself. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. School of hard knocks. School of hard knocks. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that, Chris. Okay. That was my last question. So let's just talk about this meme of the week real quick. Okay. This is a, I'm, I'm here. Long story. Right, let's see. This is kind of a long story. I found it in the group, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And even though I feel like this would never be you, let's just talk about it. Okay. okay. So this lady says, <clears throat> my husband is mourning his dead mistress three months ago. The woman who was having an affair with my husband died suddenly from an accident. I found out about the affair only two days after her funeral. I thought she was simply a coworker, and I was wondering why my husband was so disturbed and emotional. He quit his job, saying it was too traumatic to go to work. She was in the early weeks of pregnancy when she died, and my husband doesn't know whether he or her husband was the father. So on top of everything, he's also grieving for a baby which may or may not have been his. I find it extremely difficult to be emotionally supportive when he wakes up at 3 a.m. crying and trembling, yet I don't have the heart to yell at him like I want to. He says 
she's dead. So there's no reason for me to feel jealous or threatened and ask for my understanding as he grieves. We've barely talked these last three weeks because I don't know how to respond to my husband when he cries. And he says he misses her and wishes she were here. Then also how much he loves me and that he never intended to leave me. I asked him to visit a marriage therapist together and he said he's not ready to work on our marriage and thinks he needs to see a grief therapist and said, do I need to give him time to mourn the loss of his mistress or should I demand that he focus on our marriage? I think that's what it says underneath the banner. So this is crazy. First of all, <laughs> first of all, this is crazy. The whole, all the hijinks, the lady was married. The lady was pregnant. This, this chick is really seeking advice for this. Like I, I struggle to, to accept the validity of the story, but mm -hmm. for the sake of discussing it, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of a story. Like, it? yo, is this like general hospital? Like, Man, and that soaps. was my show. Like, I felt like I was in an episode of the soaps right there, just kind of looking at it like, uh, it, you know, and you know how soap operas do. The, 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 the woman five years later comes back to life. Like you didn't even know. You know, yeah. you know how you, with a yeah. different face, yeah. she had some experience <laughs> where she got a face transplant, showed back I was up like, like Dang, baby. that. That's what this this story uh, reminds me of. But honestly, from a from a professional uh, breakdown, this there there are some elements in the story that um, they're intriguing, right? There's some curiosity there that's very important. Uh, one thing I would do to probably change it is um i wouldn't give the details at the end uh about the therapy mm -hmm. i would kind of cut it off uh at a certain point um and the reason why is there's there's a lot of um you're pulling on the emotional strings of course someone i think anyone and everyone has known someone or have experienced some type of affair or been through some mm -hmm. cheating thing with with a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it may be yeah. right so there, there's some relatability there uh, that somebody may resonate with. Um, but first, I would think about the characters in this story. So who do you think the characters are in this story? Who do I what, think what, the we'll, are? We'll, go, we'll go through them. Go ahead. Okay, we've got the wife. Wife. Husband. Husband. Dead mistress. Dead mistress. Her husband. husband. Even though we don't see him. Uh, this perished baby. Oh, what was that? You said the dead husband and who? And then and the baby. And the I baby. Said perished. <laughs> the yeah. baby. The baby. How many so do you see? So you have five. Anyone uh -huh. any more? No, because they're not going to include the therapist. No. I think that's it. Okay. So if I was going to create this, that you see it, there's so many characters here, right? Yeah. Um, uh, there's actually two more characters. Who? That are missing. Okay. So it's the one that's telling the story. Okay. She, you think it's the wife telling the story, mm -hmm. but whoever is sharing the story, that's actually another character because mm -hmm. their tone of voice and the way that they present the information plays into the scene. Okay. So as you were sharing it, you became part of the story. Okay. I'm in the story. All right. So you actually are, you know, and we, and, and this is how you could develop your own story. So let's just say we took this and we said, and you were a, a relationship blogger. Okay. And you said, I heard this story one time. And then mm -hmm. that's how you started it off, right? Now it becomes your own, right? Yeah. Something that you created. And then the other person that's a, another character, um, actually, it's, it's three more. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's you. It's the person listening to the story. 
We okay. know that, right? And then, the, and then the other third person is is the confusion and pain. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Sometimes you have to give emotion its own character, mm. right? So if I was telling this story to someone, I would say some of you may relate to the husband that just lost someone, mm. right? Not the one that's cheating. Just think about how I said that. Yeah. Some of you may relate to the husband that just lost someone dear to your heart. Raise your hand. And you just check the room. Yeah. Some of you may feel like the wife trying to support someone you love. Raise your hand. Mm. Some of you may seem like the husband that has no name because you're nowhere to be, you're not acknowledged, you're not validated, all the things that go into that. Yeah. Right. But some of you may also mm -hmm. feel like the pain of his entire story. Ooh, kaboom on that ass. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then when I do something like that, like if I did that in person, you would have people going like, I'm telling you, it happens every time. People be like, nah, I think I'm the, I think I'm the husband. No, but I might be the wife. Cause like they start going through these experiences in their yeah. mind. Like who am I in this story? And then when people raise their hand and say who they think they are, I always allow them to explain why they think they're that person. Mm -hmm. And usually when that emotional deposit happens, there's a connection between me and that person yeah. or a connection between the entire group. Because what storytelling does the most, does the best, it creates community. Mm -hmm. When you create community, you create something called the flywheel experience. And what that means, if you're listening to this right now, and you should have your pen and paper out, you have your, your tablet, whatever, you should have this out. The fly will experience. When you create community and they're engaging with each other and they don't need you, the narrator, to tell them any more detail, you now have created an ecosystem where they connect with each other and ask you for guidance. Okay. <laughs> right. And when that happens... They sell to themselves and they market to each other. Ah. So now it's like, girl, like, girl, did you hear that? I was like, I heard that. Like, I'm feeling something right now. Like, yeah. I feel like the husband because you know what? I've been working on this business and nobody sees the hard work that I'm putting in and, and this and that and this and that. But he made it seem so easy to be remembered, like connect to that person and I want to know how I can do that. I want people to connect to my story. I want people yeah. to connect. Them you slick with it, Chris. You 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 slick with it. And you know, I've really been trying to push this community thing for people because that is the best way I think to to just do your work. Small communities, like even this group that I'm streaming into, like they don't really pay attention to much, but they still <laughs> hear, you know. But I find that when we are doing marketing or sales, the small community is, it's just the way to do it. You know, those people are actually invested in what you are talking about. Even if you're not selling anything, even if you just want to show up and talk, the more they're invested in what you are talking about, the more engagement you get. Do you remember, it was a few years ago, 
um, I think it is an influencer. Anyway, she, she sold this t-shirt and she has like 20 or she, at the time she had like 20,000 followers on Instagram or something and nobody bought the Mm t-shirt and she was devastated. Mm -hmm. But it's like, did you engage with them? You know, you have to also be in, in, in a space of engagement for people to be like, yes, I'm also engaging. That's important. And it's not engaging from a point of you're on the hill and they're not. It's literally saying, no, we're actually in community together. Right. I'm one of you. I just figured out some things that you may have haven't figured out yet. Right. But if you spend some time with me, maybe, maybe you'll figure it out as well. And I'll give you some guiding points. Right. And you know how you do that? With the story. With the story. (laughs) With the story. Because it's going, listen, I have people today. That still reach out to me and say, hey, that story you told me four years ago, it still connects with me today. And I'm like, wow, I've told a lot of stories over the last four years. And for someone to say, you know, that story still connects with me today and encouraged me or influenced me or impacted me in a certain way. Um, And sometimes the story is only a minute story. Sometimes it's only like all these stories that I tell. It doesn't take a long time to to really to really. tell it doesn't take five ten minutes sometimes you know i'll tell three four stories in one in one session and because i know it will connect and build with different types of people and i'm showing them that different stories can connect with people but it's still authentic to you right and that's why people are still reading the bible because it's stories you know if it was just information, if it was simply informational, it would have been lost a long time ago. For sure. And do you know uh, Anansi, the African story of Anansi? I, I'm going to send it to you. I, I don't even know the whole story, but I'm getting that vibe from you because he's like storyteller. Mm, and I'm like, that. that's you. And it's sort of been coming up for me like the last, like, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks here. Um because he just kind of did his magic with stories. So I'm like, oh, you're him. You know, because I'm always interested in anything that gives me spider vibes. Because I feel like we are spiders, creators. Mm. You know, we're creating webs from necessity and like mm. living. And I have these this community of spiders in my garden mm. called the Spiny Orb Weaver. And they live community. And I just, I, I just am obsessed with them. Because I've never seen spiders just live in a group like this. They have their webs out there and they don't mess with each other and you'll notice like whenever it's time to mate some of them disappear because there's like a queen so like she will move her web around the yard and do her business oh wow it's so i just watch her i'm like girl you're a bad bitch you're going she to know her, she, they know her lane they like yo yeah. this is her that's her space bro we're gonna go over here we yeah good. like she's like okay i'm right here with you now what you won't do Mm-hmm. And then, because whenever the male is ready, he like jumps on her web and plays a little beat, and then mm. she's like, "Let's vibe," and then he dies. So that's kind of how it goes. Look, look <laughs> at that. you just told a quick story right there, and just gave yeah. me an image. That that's phenomenal. That's I love. Phenomenal. I'm, I'm obsessed. I love them because they they give me so much information. Just like watching them, the way that they move. Because I feel like when we are building community, we're, this is what power of royalty is about the new community that we are building. Cause I, I have this idea just to rebrand the black community. Like let's, let's stop being what we always have been. And let's begin with just us being differently, being differently, behaving differently. So watching the spiders, the way that they are in their community, that is how we should be. We should be community living. We should be sharing. We should be 
feeding into each other, the pouring should be two cups back and forth. The restriction, the competition, and the not feeling excellent must end in order for us to elevate like we're supposed to. So, yes. That's huge. That's huge in, in, in that competition thing. Like, I don't compete with anyone. And people ask me all the time, like, you, you don't feel threatened by other coaches and who are in sales and branding? No. Right. Like, why? I mean, why? Why? Like, uh, because uh, there were places in my story where I competed. And guess what? It didn't, I, didn't, I didn't show up as my best. Right. I actually felt worse. And, right. And it may have actually ruined some relationships because of that competition. Right. Exactly. So I'd rather exactly. have the relationship than, than compete with someone just because. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no competing just because. I only compete with myself. And even then, I talked to myself and I said, you are no competition for the next person I'm about to be. So, okay. Right. I'm like, on the way up too, honey. Don't you forget that. Come on this now, ain't the like, last you have seen. Yeah. And, you know, I know somebody might be asking, well, Chris, I'm not a natural speaker. You don't even have to be a speaker. You don't have to be an extrovert. You can be an introvert. You can be anything that you want to be and still tell a story. And here's how easy it is. There are different areas that you can learn how to tell stories right now. Um, Let's just say you're one of those coaches that are into wrestling, pro wrestling. That is probably one of the number one places you can learn storytelling. Because guess what? I just took my sons to an event. First event ever. They don't watch wrestling. They don't watch any of those things. But I took them and my son's like, I didn't even know you like wrestling, dad. I was like, when I was younger, yeah, of course. Like I just the storytelling element, I just I always connected with it, right? Yeah, that's worse than the soap opera. Yeah, not worse, is it? Oh my <laughs> yeah, they've been going on for hundreds, like 50 years is still going, yeah. right? So I take them to an event, and you can feel the energy in the in the, in the arena. And guess what? They started to get engaged in, in the show. Oh, he jumped over him. Oh, he's talking to him this way. Oh, oh. And now I took him to a, a more uh more of a progressive show where women are respected mm, for their okay. ability, not just their looks. So I took him there and he's like, wow, she's amazing. She's flipping, she's doing this, she's jumping up, she's tough. Like all these things that I would want my son to look for in a wife. Yeah. Him, you know, you know, he saw that he, he started to res- he's like, wow, he's appreciating them for their talent, not for their body and what they that was beautiful for me. Like that was yeah. a, a point. They did not want to leave. Like I was like, yo, we got to go. Like we're going to miss the train. Like we ain't going to get home <laughs> if we don't get on this train right now. They did not want to leave. It was their first show. They come to me and they go, dad, I want to go down to the floor. I want to go to the floor next time. And I looked at them and I said, this show told such a great story that a seven-year-old got it and a 15-year-old got it. Yeah. And they have two different ways of processing. But yeah. they both got it. It was because of the stories that were told, the element, right? The engaging community that was invested in the show. So if you're into wrestling, watch wrestling. All right, AEW, that's what I would say to watch. They they do really, really good stories. Okay. Um, another thing I would watch is um, the, the, if you're into movies, movies like The Wood, right? Mm-hmm. Narr- narrating movies are really really good the wood um i'm, I'm going blank right now because uh you know another place i get really good stories from is kids movies like watching it, movies with my kids i'm like oh my god that was a message and then i'll go tell it to somebody <laughs> that, yes that's actually what i was getting at. i was like any picture i was trying to think of a pixar movie but any kids movie out there uh, the wish dragon that was just on netflix right that mm-hmm. those type of movies 
bring your imagination back, which brings you back into storytelling. Yeah. So movies, music playlists, create your own playlist and see if you can tell a story using music. Oh, yes. And no, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> I love it. All right. So those are just some some options, some things that people can do to kind of naturally it's right in front of them. Um, yeah. And, and if you need help, I'm here. Like, just follow me. I'm here. Um, and connect with me. And so if I can assist and guide you in any direction, resources, I'm here. Okay, absolutely. Um, so in the group, since you're in there, just drop your links in, in here so that when I post outside, I can make sure I have everything. Actually, okay. you sent me everything already. I did, but I'll, I'll, I'll send the link. Yeah, just put it in there. That way, anybody coming by, you know, casually can check it out, too. Um, is there anything else you want to say or share with us before we end? I want to give you your flowers. Okay. Appreciate everything you've been doing. I appreciate you showing up every day. I appreciate you showing love to people, even when you were hurting. I appreciate you providing a space for people to, to express themselves and make mistakes. I appreciate you for having a platform where people um, feel like they can be themselves. And I appreciate you. The, I, For me personally, I appreciate those little small messages of just, hey, thinking about you, I want you to be encouraged. Um, songs that you were thinking about, hey, I think you needed to hear this song. Uh, all those little things that you did and you continue to do, I appreciate you for that. Um, and I know that this year is going to be something very special uh, that you'll be writing down um, and sharing uh, for years to come because there is uh, something about you that is just unique, uh, magical, uh, creative, loving, and it needs to be told. And so no more holding back. Go ahead and tell that story, as many stories as you can, and allow your creativity to, to do what it's supposed to do, which is inspire, uh, encourage, and free people from the blockage oh that they have in front of them. So, Oh my God, you gonna make me cry. Chris, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're very welcome. Oh my goodness. Well, now I have to end the live so that I can cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that so much. You know, I, I, just, I just show up and I just have to, I just have to be brave all the time. And, you know, I carry my little baby with me that lives inside of me and I just nurture her because if I don't, she will try to scratch my ankles and stop me from being the person that she wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I just really appreciate you for, I guess, seeing me like, you know, I validate myself, but it is always nice for people to acknowledge that. And I, and I just really appreciate your spiritual gift of that because you always say the thing like that, like that that just touches you in your heart space. That's like, I felt that because you're wow. seeing just like I told you about the Ted talk. It's not different. It's like, you know, where this person is going as long as they continue on the trajectory mm. they are on. And I just, I just, it's going to be great. Thank I can't you. wait to be on TV. We're going. Let's go. We're going. Get in there. Let's make it happen. We're going. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you're listening, thanks for watching. If you're watching back, um, if you want to connect with Chris, I will put all of the info everywhere so that you know, but on Instagram at Chris Ward Jr. Isn't that right? Okay. Perfect. Yes. And he is really doing the damn thing. So y'all just make sure y'all connect with him and until next time and I'll see you later. 
Don't be a self-hater. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.